RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Veteran Hong Kong democracy activists face sentencing for their roles in one of the SAR's biggest ever protests. Four people die in a fire in a public housing flat in Cao Maoping. And a British newspaper says 3,000 Hong Kong people a week are now applying for BNO visas. The district court has been hearing mitigation from seven prominent pro-democracy figures convicted of organising and taking part in one of the biggest yet peaceful anti-government protests in August 2019. An estimated 1.7 million people joined the protest against the now-shelved extradition bill, but police had only given permission for a rally in Victoria Park. Francis Sitt reports. Founding chairman of the Democratic Party Martin Lee, media tycoon Jimmy Lai and former lawmakers Margaret Ng, Sit Ho, Lee Chuck Yen, Albert Ho and Leung Kok Hong have denied the charges against them. Barrister Margaret Ng and the senior counsel representing Lee Chuck Yen and Sit Ho talked about their long service as legislators and in other capacities. The lawyer for media mogul Jimmy Lai called for a non-custodial sentence and a fine, saying he was exercising his constitutional right to take part in a peaceful protest. Leung Kuo-hung's lawyer urged the court to take into account that he had only been part of the protest for a short period of time. The hearing continues. Meanwhile, another two defendants, former lawmakers Ao Nokin and Leung Yu-chong, will be sentenced this afternoon after earlier pleading guilty. Graham Harris, SC, representing Albert Ho and Martin Lee, also called for a non-custodial sentence for his clients, stressing the peaceful nature of the protest. He described the two senior legal professionals as widely liked, respected and admired, adding that they had devoted a large portion of their lives serving the public good. The council said his clients didn't advocate violence because it was counterproductive and undermined the integrity of the protests. In other news, four people believed to be from the one family have died in a fire at a public housing flat in Sao Maoping. Two others are in hospital. Wang Yinting reports. The fire at Potex Estate broke out around 3 o'clock this morning in the fifth floor flat. The victims are aged between 2 and 40. Two other people were hospitalized, with one in a critical condition and the other stable. The blaze was put out around 4 a.m. and firemen are investigating the cause. Some 150 residents were evacuated from the building, with some saying the hallways were filled with black smoke. One neighbor expressed sadness over the deaths of the family, saying he heard cries for help in the middle of the night, but the corridor was already filled with smoke. Civil Service Chief Patrick Nip has appeared to backtrack on comments that the BioNTech vaccine won't be available in Hong Kong after September. Damon Pang reports. Mr Nip, who is in charge of the vaccination drive, clarified that if some people needed more time to check their suitability for a jab, they could still get the German-manufactured vaccine at other medical institutions. Yesterday, he had said the BioNTech product had a short shelf life and the government would close its vaccination centres that over it at the end of September. Speaking to RTHK this morning, Mr Nip said a small number of people who had to wait until after September because of medical needs could have their jabs in hospital, but mass inoculation had to be done at a vaccination centre. He also acknowledged the low efficacy rate of the Sinovac jab, but said it was still 100% effective in preventing deaths or serious illness from COVID. A local restaurant chain has admitted asking staff to get vaccinated against COVID or face suspension. The U Banquet Group says almost 90% of its workers have or will soon be inoculated. The group's chair, 
Chung Ka Ho told RTHK that management was considering whether to put unvaccinated staff in non-customer service roles. He said it was his firm's social responsibility to ensure the safety of staff and customers. Meanwhile, union leader Mong Siu Tat accused the government and businesses of being unscrupulous in forcing workers to get jabs. He says the Confederation of Trade Unions will make public a list of companies forcing staff to get vaccines. The British newspaper The Times says leaked figures show around 3,000 Hong Kong people a week are applying for the immigration route offered to BNO passport holders. Mike Weeks reports. According to The Times, more than 35,000 British national overseas citizens from Hong Kong have applied for the scheme, which offers a pathway to British citizenship after five years. It was created after China's security crackdown last summer. The British Home Office has forecast that over 150,000 BNO citizens and their dependents will apply in the first year. There are 350,000 Hong Kongers who hold such passports and a further 2.5 million who are eligible. This month, London announced a £43 million fund to help Hong Kongers with access to housing, education and employment to build a life in the UK. The Court of Appeal has sent a teenager to a rehabilitation centre for vandalising a Chinese tea shop in May after prosecutors successfully challenged the community service order he was given. Chao Kinnock, who was 16 at the time of the offence, pleaded guilty to criminal damage of a hay tea branch in Sha Tin's Newtown Plaza as protesters held rallies at malls across Hong Kong. The Court of Appeal said the lower court's original sentence was insufficient. A senior Biden administration official says the U.S. and Japanese prime minister leaders are expected to agree on a joint statement in, on Taiwan in a summit meeting today. The meeting in Washington with Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga will be Joe Biden's first in-person one with a foreign leader. The two are also expected to discuss Beijing's treatment of Muslims in the Xinjiang region and its influence over Hong Kong, while also announcing a two billion U.S. dollar Japanese investment in 5G telecommunications to counter China's Huawei technologies. Overseas, newly released footage from police body cameras appears to show that a 13-year-old boy shot dead in the U.S. city of Chicago last month was not armed at the moment police opened fire. The video, released in response to community pressure, seems to show Adam Toledo dropping a handgun and raising his hand less than a second before he was shot in the chest. Adina Weiss-Ortiz is an attorney for his family. Those videos speak for themselves. Adam, during his last second of life, did not have a gun in his hand. The officer screamed at him, show me your hands. Adam complied, turned around. His hands were empty when he was shot in the chest at the hands of the officer. The mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, has called for calm. Some shops have boarded up their windows in anticipation of unrest. President Biden says a new round of U.S. sanctions imposed on Moscow is a proportionate and measured response to alleged Russian interference in U.S. elections and cyber attacks. Striking a moderate tone, Mr. Biden said he could have gone further but chose not to, stating that any escalation of tensions was not in, in, was in neither country's interests. The Democratic Congresswoman Val Demings said she supported the measures. The economic sanctions could be particularly detrimental uh, to Russia. And so I do believe they are uh, significant, will help to change behavior, and also keep it in mind that the, a functional relationship between Russia and the United States uh, is what's necessary. And I do believe that it will get 
President Putin's attention, and it will be beneficial. Scientists have developed the whitest ever paint, which they say could help save energy and fight climate change. Here's the BBC's Victoria Gill. Cool, heat-reflecting white roofs are an urban climate solution that's been embraced in cities around the world. But these scientists from Purdue University in Indiana say their ultra-white paint could make those roofs even cooler. While the whitest paints currently available reflect between 80 and 90% of sunlight, the team says theirs reflects more than 98%. Covering a 1,000-square-foot roof with this paint, they estimate, would provide more cooling power than a typical household central air conditioner. France has become the third country in Europe to suffer more than 100,000 COVID-19 deaths. The French health ministry said 300 more people had died with the disease in hospitals over the previous 24 hours. Britain has registered the most COVID deaths in Europe with nearly 130,000, followed by Italy with 116,000. Finance now. An official figure show China's economy grew by a record 18.3% year-on-year in the first quarter. The National Bureau of Statistics says the world's second-largest economy got off to a good start despite external uncertainties. Spokesman, spokeswoman Lui Aihua admitted that the blockbuster economic growth figure reflected the recovery from a slump caused by the pandemic, but she said the quarterly comparison showed the country was on track for recovery. She spoke through an interpreter. The economy delivered a stable performance with a consolidated foundation. Production demand was expanded. Market vitality was enhanced. The national economy made a good start. GDP growth of 18.3% in the first quarter was affected by such incomparable factors as the low base last year and also staff members staying put during the spring festival. On the other hand, the 0.6% growth in the first quarter and the average two-year growth of 5% demonstrated a steady recovery. However, an economist from Oxford Economics says that behind the stellar set of figures, growth actually halted in the first quarter. Louis Kausch explained that China's economic growth was hampered because COVID outbreaks resurfaced during the period. But he added that the latest data still showed that the mainland economy has almost recovered from its pandemic losses and he expects growth to pick up this quarter. The second quarter of last year saw a tremendous increase in activity and so the base will look so much different in Q2. So, you know, these enormous growth rates of almost 20% will not be there anymore in Q2 because the base is much better. But that doesn't mean that we'll see a slowdown in Q2. Actually, on the contrary, we think that if you look at things, you know, on a month-on-month and quarter-on-quarter basis, then we expect that the second quarter will look better than the first one. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.83 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 19 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 68 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,820, 27 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $70 billion. Sport now and Arsenal and Manchester United have made it through to the semi-finals in football's Europa League, joining the Villarreal and Roma. Arsenal were 4-0 winners away at Slavia Prague for a 5-1 overall victory in their quarter-final. The Gunners were without their leading scorer, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who contracted malaria while on international duty with Gabon. The BBC's Ian Dennis has details. This was an accomplished display from Arsenal, who blew Slavia Prague away. 
The Czech champion simply couldn't live with the intensity from Arteta's side. They shrugged off the disappointment of a disallowed goal, Smith Rowe for offside after VAR, and left Slavia stunned with three goals in a six-minute period. Pepe from close range, Lacazette, a penalty, and then a fine finish from Saka. They added a fourth in the second half, a low shot from Lacazette. Arsenal glide through, and the fascinating prospect of a reunion with their old boss, Unai Emery, awaits in the semi-finals. Arsenal will play Villarreal, who defeated Dynamo Zagreb 2-1 on the night, 3-1 on aggregate. Manchester United faced Roma in the other semi-final. The Italians drew one all with Ajax for a 3-2 win on aggregate. United cruised to a 2-0 home win over Granada. It finished 4-0 over two legs. The BBC's Vicky Sparks reports. Simple and straightforward for Manchester United. Edinson Cavani effectively put the tie beyond doubt inside six minutes with his 50th goal in European competition. And what a lovely way to get it. A sweet volley from 12 yards. The hosts largely kept a battling Granada at arm's length from then on. David De Gea made a couple of smart stops late in the game before Jesus Vallejo's unfortunate own goal wrapped things up for United. A cross missed by Juan Mata, bouncing off the centre-half and into his own net. It's been a dream journey for Granada in their debut European campaign, but it Comes to an end at Old Trafford. United, the favourites for the trophy, march on. They'll face Roma in the last four. To tennis and a massive shock at the ATP Monte Carlo Masters. World number one and 18-time Grand Slam champion Novak Djokovic was knocked out by Britain's world number 33, Dan Evans, in the last 16. Evans reached the quarterfinals 6-4-7-5. Details from the BBC's Russell Fuller. Djokovic started and finished very poorly, but nonetheless, this was a sublime clay court performance from a player who had previously won only four clay court matches at tour level in his entire career. He's also the first man to have beaten the world number one this year. He'll now play David Goffin of Belgium in his first ever Masters quarterfinal. Evans has this unpredictable style, but it was also underpinned by some fine serving. Djokovic said he hasn't been feeling great since yesterday, but also conceded that Evans dismantled his game. So arise Dan Evans, the new and most unlikely king of clay. And let's hear from Djokovic after that shock defeat. He dismantled my game. I mean, I was just uh, feeling and, and playing pretty, pretty bad. You know, obviously right now, as I walked off the court, I don't, I'm, I'm disappointed with the way I played and the way I felt on the court. But, you know, it's, it's a long clay season. I mean, I, I still plenty of tournaments, plenty, plenty of, of room to, to improve. And obviously I have to, you know, have to work and, and hopefully get a better performance next week in Belgrade. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Veteran Hong Kong democracy activists face sentencing for their roles in one of the SAR's biggest ever protests. Four people die in a fire at a public housing flat in Sao Mao Ping. And a British newspaper says 3,000 Hong Kong people a week are now applying for BNO visas. The news from RTHK.
Everyone and welcome to the One Two Three Show this Friday afternoon. I'm Karen Co. Sitting in for Noreen Mia today. Happy Friday, everyone! I hope you had a great week and are getting ready for the weekend. A big thank you to James Ross for today's morning brew. And uh, today, as uh, I mentioned a bit earlier on James' show. I'm highlighting Stress Awareness Month, and I'm going to be talking with the founders of a new counselling service. Now, Rima Kanna and Jimmy Wan are the co-founders of Breathe Counselling, and Breathe is an effective, accessible, and evidence-based online counselling platform. So Rima and Jimmy will join me in the studio to talk all about stress, how we can recognise it, and what you can do about it, and that is coming up after 2pm. I'm also hoping to bring you that interview on Facebook Live, so you can head over to my Facebook page, Karen on RTHK Radio 3. Later on, I'll remind you of that. And as ever, 